If you can't tell, I'm excited about this year. I'm excited about what God's going to do in and through our lives. And I want to make a statement and I want to make sure that you catch this statement. I believe, I believe that God has something special for you that he wants to do in your life as an individual. And I believe that it is directly connected to what he is doing in this house collectively. Now, I'm going to say that two times because I want to make sure that you hear my heart this morning. I believe God has a work that he wants to do in your life this year as an individual. And I believe that work is directly connected to what God wants to do in this house collectively. Now, I'm not saying that because it's January 1, it's a new year, and I'm excited, and it just seems like the right thing to say at the beginning of a new year. I'm saying it because the Bible says that's the way it's supposed to be. I want to read a verse to you. If you've got your Bible today, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to look at just two verses there. Verse 6 and 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want to show you how God wants to work in and through your life. We'll put this on the screen as well. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6 and 7 says, There are different kinds of working. But in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. Can we say it's the same God? Verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Can we all say for the common good? Listen, God wants to work in your life. Absolutely. And and there's different kinds of works, that verse said. But He wants to work in your life for the common good. He wants to do something in you that's going to be good for all of us. Amen? Not just something that's going to bless your life. Something that's going to bless all of our lives. There's a word. It's two words in the English language. One another. But in the Greek, it's just one word. And that one word in the Greek, is used a hundred times in 94 different verses in the New Testament. The Bible communicates over and over again that there is a way that He wants us to deal with each other. He wants us to be connected. If I can say it this way this morning, we are better together. And that's why there are 94 scriptures in the New Testament that talk about the way that we interact with one another. Scriptures that say, love one another. Bear one another's burdens. Forgive one another. There are so many we could take every Sunday this year and we could just preach about the one another's. We could just talk about the way that we're supposed to interact with each other. That's almost 60 exhortations in Scripture that say you're actually supposed to do something a certain way towards other people. Andy Stanley said it this way. He said, talking about the church in the first century, he said... The primary activity of the church was one anothering with one another. That was the primary activity. All the one another's. And there's a lot of those behaviors that, and I won't take time to read all of them to you today, but if if you study the one another's of scripture, you find that a lot of those activities are things that, that we almost do instinctively out of a result of having a relationship with Jesus. When Jesus changes your heart and your life and he makes all things new, you begin to act differently, talk differently, treat people differently. And a lot of those things flow out of a relationship with Jesus, but they aren't something that we do unto Jesus. 
In other words, what I mean is that you actually have to have other people involved in your personal Christian experience to fulfill these commands. Other people have to be a part of your life. Here's why this is so important, and I want you to catch, I want you to catch this this morning. If you could, make sure these mics are mute back, muted back here, because I'm hearing a ring behind me. Here's what I want you to know today. You can't do any of the one another's when everyone is sitting in rows. You can't do any of the one another's when everyone is sitting in rows. That, that's why I've selected this image of, of circles coming together. There's something that happens when we begin to turn and face one another. There's something happens when we get outside of the context of standing in or sitting in a worship service atmosphere the way we do church in the 21st century. There's something that can happen when we begin to move into circles instead of rows. Because we're not necessarily better together if better just means bigger. Can I just say this this morning? If, if the end game is to just get more people on your row, we might have more people together, but we're not better together. Bigger does not equal better. Healthy equals better. Healthy equals better. And there's a multitude of commands of Scripture that you just can't fulfill in rows. And so it's important for us, if we're going to get better at being together, that we're intentional about turning and facing one another and and doing life together and sharing Christian community. Now, I can already feel some of you pushing back because it's not your personality and you're really comfortable with the lane that church fits in. Like this is this is your church lane. We come, we worship, we sing and then over here, you have your work lane. You know, you deal with employees or employers and, and customers and, and your 401k. And you got everything happening in the job lane. But over here, this, this line is, this is the church lane. And then over here, you got your family stuff. I mean, there's the relationship with the kids, with the, the parents, with the, the in-laws and, and the outlaws and all the folks you had to deal with over the holidays. And, and that all happens over here. But then you got, you got this nice clean lane that's your church lane. And then over here, you got your hobbies. Man, you want to go fishing with the guys and hunting and golfing and clipping coupons or whatever ladies do for fun. And, and you know, you, you got all that stuff over there. Sorry, I only got illustrations for the guys for some reason. And then we got the church lane. And, and we have a line that the church fits nicely into. We call it a dash. And it's right between 1030 dash 12 p.m. on Sundays. But I want to tell you, I do believe God can meet you in these moments. And, and I don't want to overlook that because I'm glad you're here. And anytime anybody makes a commitment to show up on a Sunday morning, the Bible says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. God can change your life just because you showed up. I don't want to discredit that. That's huge. Some of you, it was huge that you came today and you're like, really? You're saying there's more? Like, I'm here. Celebrate this moment. This is big. It is big. It's huge. But if you're at the beginning of another year and you're looking at your spiritual life and you're going, there's something more. There's something more. I just want to go deeper. I want more. Then you're going to have to be intentional about Christian 
community. I'm going to look at that verse one more time. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 6. There are different kinds of gifts, different kinds of working. But in all of them, and in everyone, everyone, everybody say everyone. That, that ain't, that, I'm, I studied the Greek. I think that means all of us. Everyone. It's the same God at work. Now to each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. God's working different kinds of works in your life. For some of you, God was teaching you how to manage His blessing. In 2016, He just opened the floodgates of heaven and He blessed you in your business. He blessed you in your finances. And He's just been teaching you how to, how to prosper. And you go, man, that's an awesome work. I hope 2017 is just like that. Others of you, that's not your reality. God's been teaching you how to, to, to just trust Him when when there's no fruit on the vine. He's been teaching you how to just walk by faith. Some of you have been just learning how to take care of your body and get fit and get in shape. And some of you have just been pleading God for a miracle because your body broke down on you. God's doing all kinds of different works. But it's the same God. Same God. He's working in your life. He's working in your life. And He's doing it for the common good because we're better together. And I know we don't have time to really preach this point this morning, but there is one thing I want to just emphasize. Out of all the things we could talk about, one thing that we're better at together is prayer. We're better together when we pray. Can I tell you this morning, there is power in the prayer of agreement. A couple verses real quick, we'll put them on the screen. Psalm chapter 133, verse 1 says, How good and pleasant it is. When God's people live together in unity. He goes on in verse 3 to say, For there the Lord bestows His blessing, even life forevermore. Can I tell you, God responds to the unity of His people. When we come together, it moves the heart of God towards us. When we come in agreement with two things, with each other and with God's Word, then something powerful can happen. When we come in agreement with each other and with God's Word, Something powerful can happen. Jesus talked about the power of unified prayer in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18. Look at these two verses. Verse 19, he said, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything that you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. I want to tell you this morning that unity with the body of Christ results in God's presence. Where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. Unity invokes the presence of God. And where the presence of God is, the power of God is also. There's something powerful that is unlocked in the spirit realm when we come in agreement with each other and with God's word. The Bible, in the verse I just read, said, if two of you agree... That word agree is a, it's an interesting word. The Greek word is symphonio, which is translated in our English language, symphony. Imagine the power of a, a single violin as compared to an entire symphony. And that's the word picture that we get of what happens when we agree in prayer. Some of you perhaps have studied church history and you're familiar with the name John Edwards. If you're not, let me tell you, he's been called America's greatest 
theologian. His preaching in the 1700s began the Great Awakening, revival which swept through the colonies. But when he was asked this question, what is the secret of this revival? Jonathan Edwards replied, there is no secret. It is only ask and receive. Jonathan Edwards understood that the power and the the impact of the revival was not just his preaching. It was in unified corporate prayer. And so here's what he did. Jonathan Edwards urged the churches in the 18th century in New England to gather together in a concert of prayer. He said, gather together in concerted prayer for two things. First of all, for the revival of religion in the church. And secondly, for the spread of God's kingdom in the world. And that's what they did. They came together in a symphony, in a concert of prayer. And history tells us that the great awakening of the 18th and the 19th century was burst out of prayer. Not only did it bring spiritual renewal like they had never known, but it also had profound benefits in the society and political systems. When God's people pray, things happen. Things happen. All throughout church history, you go back to the very beginning in Acts, the first century church, the Bible says they they gathered together in prayer. Acts 1.14 says they all joined constantly in prayer. Acts chapter 2 says they devoted themselves daily to prayer. They came together and they prayed. And I've already mentioned earlier that this week we want to start the year in prayer. Maybe, you know, we, last year we, we started this first week as a week of prayer. And we continued that prayer gathering every Wednesday night throughout 2016. Now, truth be told, there's no way of communicating to you whether I'm telling you the truth right now or, or just blowing smoke. But one day we're going to get to heaven and we're going to find out how much of what God did is directly connected to the hours we spent in prayer. I'm convinced because of what God's word says. That we have no idea how intricately tied to the kingdom business that God has done through this church is our prayers. I want to challenge you in this year to make prayer a priority. And I want to challenge you this week, Monday night, 7 to 8 o'clock. Wednesday night, 7 to 8 o'clock. Friday night from 7 to 8 o'clock to join us each night or at least one of the nights to say, I'm going to give this hour to God in prayer. I'm going to tell you what's not going to happen. You're not going to come and, and listen to a bunch of worship. You're not going to come and listen to me pray for an hour. It's not a solo. It's a symphony. We're going to come together. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to pray for the needs of this church. And after this week of prayer emphasis, we're going to continue as we did last year together every Wednesday night from 7 to 8 o'clock for our midweek prayer gathering. And we're going to see God do great exploits because we pray together. Nothing moves the heart of God more than when we pray in agreement with each other and in agreement with His Word. If there's disunity in the church, it stifles the Holy Spirit. If we're out of unity with His Word, our prayers won't be answered. But when we can fall in step with His Word and with one another, something powerful can happen. I want to challenge you to make prayer a priority this year. What's it going to do for my life? What difference does it make? 
Well, I could spend another hour talking about the impact of prayer in your life. But I'm just going to give you one verse. I'm going to give you one verse that tells you why this matters to you today. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is talking about prayer. Verse 6. Here's what he says you should do. He said, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then, your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. It's that simple. It's that simple. It matters that much because God rewards in public what we do in private. And that's a two-sided coin. If you spend in your private life a pursuit of God's presence, He's going to honor that in public. But if in your private life you're hiding some closet sins, some secret lifestyle or some habit that you think nobody knows about it, trust me, somebody knows about it. And God says... Your sins will find you out. You'll be rewarded publicly for what you do in the private life. Your prayer life matters that much to you. It matters that much. Now let me tell you why you're holding a domino this morning. You might have come to church thinking, New Year... I'm going to get one of those messages that, I mean, just like challenges me to dream the impossible dream. It's going to be awesome. Resolution, here I come. And then he preached on, you ought to pray this year. Really? That's, that's, the, that's the word? That's the, that's the 2017 kickoff? I should pray? I knew that. I'm going to tell you something. If you'll... If you'll make a big deal out of the little things, out of the small things, God can make small things out of the big things. Let me say it like this. If you'll do the little things like they're big things, God will do the big things like they're little things. My girls uh, got a big tub of dominoes for Christmas this Last Sunday. This is not them, by the way. I let them keep theirs. We bought some for you. But I, I discovered, again, uh, the fun of playing with dominoes this week on the floor with my girls. And, and if you've ever played dominoes, and uh, not the official game. I mean, you know, you stack them all up in a row and, and try to knock them all down. You know that it doesn't take much strength to knock down a domino. And I frustratingly found out a few times, it doesn't take much more than somebody running across the floor in a hurry to knock all your dominoes down. Well, in 1983, a guy named Lorne Whitehead published an article in the American Journal of Physics about the chain reaction of dominoes. Now, you don't need a 1983 journal out of physics to tell you that dominoes can all knock each other down in a matter of seconds. Hundreds of dominoes can go falling. But what was fascinating about his study was the discovery that a domino is capable of knocking over a domino that is one and a half times its size. So a two-inch domino like the one you have can topple a three-inch domino. A three-inch domino can knock over a four and a half-inch domino. 
a four and a half inch domino, well, you get it. When you start following that mathematical principle, by the time you get just 18 dominoes in, you could knock over the leaning tower of Pisa. Now, granted, it was already leaning. That probably helps. But when you get to the 23rd domino, you could knock over the Eiffel Tower. Following this same mathematical principle, if you just get to the 28th domino, you could topple the Empire State Building. In the realm of mathematics, there's two types of progressions. There's linear progressions and there's exponential. Linear is the first one we learn. Two plus two equals four. Linear progression. An exponential progression. Four times four equals 16. That's compound doubling. Now, if I walked 30 linear steps straight off this platform, I'd be about 90 feet away. Linear steps. But if I could walk and I could take exponential steps, 30 of them, I would circle the globe 26 times. It's powerful to understand that prayer, when we come in agreement, is not linear. When we come in agreement and we pray together, it's exponential. The Bible says that if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. There's power that we tap into When we understand our resources in prayer. And can I tell you this morning that your faith is not linear either. You're making decisions every day. You're making, you made a decision to be here today that, that invoke a chain reaction. And those chain reactions have thousands of other reactions that you, you have no idea what you set in motion by the choices that you make to put God first in your life. I discovered this past week that if I just brush my sleeve across a domino, I can wreck the whole pile in about two seconds. But doing a little study, I figured out that that's only 0.024 joules of input energy. That's all that's needed to knock over the domino. But by the time you get to the 13th domino, the gravitational pull of the energy is two billion times greater than the energy that it took to knock over the first domino. What's my point? Some of you are at the beginning of a new year. You're trying to knock down the leaning tower of Pisa or the Eiffel Tower. Or you've got something in front of you that's the Empire State Building. And you're looking at it thinking, this, this is my goal, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I'm going to tackle. And I want to tell you this morning, if you'll do the little things like they're big things, God will handle the big things like they're little things. Prayer is that important. Prayer together is that important. And I want to challenge you to make a, a commitment. This is a little thing. This is a little thing. Yeah, but this little thing is going to invoke a chain reaction in your life. Just like last year when Brother Gary at the beginning of the year said, I'm going to try to read the Bible in a year. Man, God lit a fire in him to love God's word. A simple decision today. 
I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend time every day. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pursue God. I'm not talking about now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. I'm not talking about, Lord, bless this food. Here's the bread. Here's the meat. God's neat. Let's eat. I'm talking about close the door. Shut yourself away and seek God in the secret place. Pursuing his heart. I'm talking about setting a time and coming together with the people of God and praying for one another. Being vulnerable enough to to share your need with somebody else. To do what James said and confess your sins one to another. Talking about being intentional. Just one small decision. One small decision. And the reason I wanted to give you a domino today for you to keep and to hold on to. Because I want you to see it and just remember that it's just this one small decision that I'm going to make today. That can absolutely change my life. Not, not the big deal. Not the lose 50 pounds, quit smoking, whatever the big thing is on your list. Everybody has a big list. It's the little things. And if you'll make a big deal of the little things, God will make a little thing of the big deals. He'll help you. So I want to pray for you this morning. And I want you to bow your head.